BYU finally has a commit for the 2024 class. Will this momentum continue? We'll talk with recruiting insider John Garcia next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is Locked On Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube, all the various podcast places. Uh, we have the special treat of having John Garcia with us today. He's a recruiting insider. And uh, the Frogs finally got a commit for the 2024 class. It's been kind of slow going. They've been pretty selective. I feel like the amount of the, the kind of talent they've had that they've been scouting and trying going after has been different than in past years. But uh, Haas Haney, the Alito quarterback, John Alito, one of the best uh, programs in the state of Texas, coming off a state championship last year. Really athletic player. Uh, from what you've seen of him, what do you like about his game? How do you think he can transition to uh, the next level? Um, in that 2024 class? Well, look, Stephen, there's a lot to like uh, about Mr. Haney, uh, just athletically um, in the modern game, especially when you think about projecting him to the next level and pairing him with that combination of, of Dykes and Bryles there. There's, there's just a lot to really like. Um, first of all, dynamic athlete. I mean, there's really no other way you can begin the conversation elsewhere. Mm-hmm. This kid was a, a power five type wide receiver a couple of years ago for Alito, uh, over 600 yards, uh, I think as as an early sophomore, transitions to quarterback, starts to make some run, and then his first full season as the QB, which was in 2022, goes crazy. 2,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing, state championship, um, just dynamic in every sense of the phrase, and that's as, as a one-year guy. So imagine now yeah. – Senior year, he gets another year and then transitions to the collegiate level where he's going to get more seasoning and obviously an increased level of, of coaching and mentorship around all of that. Uh, and you've got to like th- this type of, of, of pickup because, look, TCU has blossomed with quarterbacks that are, are viewed under the radar forever. Right. That's kind of mm-hmm. the perception of the program, e- even this past year, as your audience well knows, hey, the number two guy took you to the national ti- national right. title game. I mean, it's, it's really kind of unbelievable to see what that program has done. So to grab a true dual threat, maybe the fastest quarterback recruit in this class. I mean, 10-6 in the 100. He's run sub 11 seconds this year as well. This is legitimate wheels here for TCU. And, and as a passer, he's not as limited as probably how I've made him appear to be uh, on this show thus far okay. he's actually very comfortable with a lot of elements of, of the modern game steven very good on the move whether it's as a runner or as a passer willing to stick his stick his neck out there and throw into tight windows with good arm strength mm-hmm. and more importantly can push the ball outside the numbers and down the field with relative ease. You know, normally, if we're talking about a true dynamic, almost a run first from a perceptional standpoint quarterback, you're not getting that outside the numbers and down the field consistency. Mm -hmm. So the physical ability is is totally there for Haney. It's going to need refinement and, and polish, obviously, like any high school quarterback going to the next level, but especially one that has changed positions here. But if you're talking about just adding a little bit more timing, 
uh, maybe progression reading, all that stuff that comes naturally with the position, I think you're in good shape because you're not asking him to do something physically that we don't already see on tape in his first full season as a starter. So I'm, I'm a big fan of this verbal commitment. It's one that I think is going to profile better as time goes on and he gets closer to actually, you know, moving to Fort Worth for good, even though he's right down the road there at Alito. So I guess the challenging thing, John, is uh, now you got to get him to signing day, right? And, and you sure. talked about the the athleticism and the position change. He was at Duke, or he was committed to Duke um, for a short time there with with Coach Elko and Kevin Johns. Uh, is this a is this a quarterback that you feel like as he kind of blossoms into his senior year, maybe get some more time at that position? Could you see more programs like coming calling and saying, "Hey"? Uh, we, we like the upside here. Let, let's talk about maybe maybe flipping this thing at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Because some of the detractors that his athletic profile presents, we're, we're starting to get answers to some of those questions, right? Uh, naturally, look, he's a guy under six feet, um, but a guy under six feet might be the first pick of the draft here, here going forward. So I think some of those questions are, aren't as big a deal as they used to be. But to Haas's credit, he's started this, this offseason camp and combine circuit in a big way. He's already won quarterback MVPs and those have little to do with the dynamic ability as a runner. It's more so uh, putting you in uncomfortable situations as a passer and the ability to execute thereafter. So he's already answering more questions um, earlier in this off season. But I will say, even if, if I expect more interest, which I do, because he's going to polish up and present better. I think as time goes on, as I said, there's also, of course, so many ties to the TCU program itself. Bryles was already recruiting him previously. Uh, he had already kind of bought into you know his ability to develop and, and call plays as well before he got the TCU gig. The TCU offer didn't come until after he was committed to Duke. I think it was only a few days uh, after he committed to Duke that TCU jumped in. But when you look at a change of heart or, or a commitment flip, you look into those factors and his his opportunities were different from the moment he committed to Duke and thereafter. So I do think those things are going to hold him towards TCU, but most importantly, it's the ties, not only geographically and, and, and locally from a logistical perspective, but family, right? Both parents mm -hmm. played at, at TCU. Um, you know, he's, he's grown up wanting to potentially live up to, to that legacy. And, and now he's, he's jumped all in with it. And I think you don't make that type of move at this early stage in recruiting with, you know, what, eight months to go until signing day. You don't make that kind of move if you're still on the fence about Duke or some of the other programs that are in or will come in uh, for Haney. So I do think even though he's changed his his mind once, this one feels a little bit different. You're not going to the other part of the country. Uh, you're staying close to home in a program that has already proven that it can make things shake pretty quickly uh, with the coaching staff that you're now dramatically more familiar with, not only with the head coach and Dykes, but with the, the new OC on top of it. So it just it feels and presents a little bit differently compared to the the moment he he, he committed to Duke. And we're all like, who's this kid? And, and you kind of yeah. digging into it. I think that part of it is behind us now. So this feels a little bit different and it feels a lot more solid. So transitioning to how they build around him with this class, uh, Bryant Wesco, a, a big-time target, four-star, five-star wide receiver, depending on what service you look at. Yep. I know Oklahoma's heavily involved here too. John, I guess it's kind of a two-part question. What do you think of him as a player? And then what are you? what's your sort of feel for 
where he might end up and how much of a chance TCU has here? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, like you said, four or five star, no matter where you look, and, and it's warranted. This is a, a 6-2 sort of classic wide receiver build on the outside with great length and great speed on top of it. Uh, and the production is crazy. You're you know, well mm -hmm. over a dozen touchdowns as a junior, uh, a guy who, who really can push you down the field to, to make his plays, but he's got enough speed uh, and ability after the catch to, to really be the focal point of a passing attack. And that's why his now group of finalists is, is really star studded, right? It's TCU, it's Oklahoma, as you mentioned, uh, LSU and Clemson, you know, you're talking mm -hmm. about programs that are churning out NFL talent. Um, and you understand TCU's placement there, the combination we, we talked about the, the Dykes and Bryles battery. Well, let's throw in a Malcolm Kelly uh, right. in there as well for TCU. And, and that really presents very positively, especially with a bigger wide receiver relative to last season. Again, Quentin mm -hmm. Johnson's about to go pretty darn early in this this draft. And, and for the Bryant Westcos of the world, that stuff really matters. So I think TCU's right in the thick of it. You understand the projections to Oklahoma that are, are present right now. Look, his sister plays there. Uh, he's, he's very familiar with the Sooners. I think it's the campus he's been to the most mm -hmm. in, in his life as a recruit thus far. So you understand those elements, but um, there's a reason he's still uncommitted at the same time. So I think he's going to continue to push through the process. And this top four is, is going to be pretty close, you know, down to the wire, in my opinion. Uh, I think he'll set official visits, take multiple, and, and you could really try to layer this argument and say that it's really Oklahoma TCU at the group atop of this recruitment with the two Tiger representatives sort of on, on the next tier. Though, again, Bryant is saying all the right things about taking, you know, the allotment of the recruiting process for what it is, meaning he's not that close to ending the recruiting process. So if that's the case, I do think it's good news for TCU because you're number two at worst in this recruitment today. And obviously, as the profile increases around the program and the commitment class in particular, and adding a quarterback is, is a heck of a first step, for a wide receiver, um, I do think those chances increase here over time. A, a big picture question before we go. So, I mean, making the national title game last year, I, I know there's so many factors in recruiting, especially now with NIL and everything that comes with that. But how much can that give you momentum on the trail? I mean, a season like that, how long does it last? But when you talk to these young men that are making these, these decisions, you know, I, I guess how relevant is it? Who is kind of the – the hot team or the team that's making some some breakthroughs and some strides from a, from a program perspective. Look, I think you know making the playoff pushes you higher just in general. Mm -hmm. Getting to the natty adds another layer to that conversation, especially when it's not one of the schools that that have kind of just lived there in the playoff. It's not Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. You know, it's 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 a little bit more out of left field. Uh, so that tangible rise is really easy for recruits to to attach themselves to especially when again perceptionally it's kind of offensive laden right you know i think that lends itself to a quicker rise than if it was uh to compare to another playoff team michigan where it's kind of conventional and very trench based inside out and almost defensive based in that rise uh it, it profiles a little bit better when it's an offensive rise because look that's where the entertainment value comes in and and the teenage perception which is the entire target demographic 
can collectively rise because you see it. You see the highlights. You, you watch the games. You see, you know, the the, the comeback there. Uh, and, and it just resonates and hits a, a little bit harder. So I do think that it really flips the perception and creates just a tangible layer that TCU can now sell that most programs can't. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but there, there haven't been many college football playoff, much less national title game participants in this mm-hmm. new model, the playoff model. So to be one of those programs, it does hit on, on a higher level. And, and look, recency is a part of this thing. If you're a junior going into your senior season like these recruits are that we're talking about, that's the most relevant late season information that you have uh, at your disposal. So that is going to resonate again, particularly on the offensive side of the ball when you think of the coaching staff and and all of that on top of it. So it definitely ups the ante. Winning is still a very important part of Mm -hmm. the process. And and I think the NFL is the most important part of it. And TCU is obviously going to dabble in that regard. But the visibility that TCU now has can be promoted in that direction as well. Hey, you will have more eyeballs on you than than TCU maybe has ever had going into this 2023 season because of what happened in 22. So selling that to a recruit uh, can be sort of a supplement to the tangible NFL draft results that we're going to get here in a few weeks. Great insight. It's John Garcia, Jr., recruiting insider. You can catch him all across the Lockdown Network at John C. John Garcia underscore Jr., on Twitter. And John, uh, for Horned Frog fans who aren't familiar with your work, what can they expect if they uh, give you a follow on social media? Just uh, a lot of a lot of ball. I mean, it's real <laughs> simple. I'm a football lifer. Uh, we, we talk ball at the high school, collegiate, and NFL level all the time on social. So come hang out, give us a shout, and uh, we'll get into it. Looking forward to having my more. It's competitive, man. These hosts, they want they want John <laughs> on the show, so I got to be quicker on the draw, but I'll, I'll try to do that. This is Locked on Horned Frog. It's your team every day.